you would, turn with me in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 41. Genesis chapter 41. I'll begin reading verse 1. And later on we'll go down to verse 15. But the Bible says, And it came to pass at the end of two full years, that Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by the river. And behold, there came up out of the river seven well-favored kine, and fat-fleshed, and they fed in a meadow. And behold, seven other kind came up after them out of the river, ill-favored and lean-fleshed, and stood by the other kind. did eat up the seven well-favored and fat kind. So Pharaoh awoke, and he slept and dreamed the second time, and behold, seven ears of corn came up upon one stalk, and rank and good, and behold, seven thin ears, and blasted with the east wind, sprung up after them. And the seven thin ears devoured the seven rank and full ears, and Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. Verse 15 says, And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it. And I have heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. And Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. It's not anything that I'm capable of doing on my own. It's not my wisdom and my knowledge and my understanding. But it is God that shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Today, for just a little while, with the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach to you today an answer of peace. An answer of of peace. Father, we come before you right now. God, I pray that you would anoint these lips of clay. God, you have poured out upon me this word. God, and saturated my spirit with it. God, I pray today that you would help me to deliver it to these people that are watching online. God, that you would enter into their home today. God, and comfort them and speak to them. God, and give this word to them. Let every ear be opened and every heart receive this word. God, and we give you glory and honor and praise today. In the name name of Jesus we pray and everyone said amen praise god an answer of peace today we are living in very troubling times every time we look around it seems like our world is is growing more in chaos than we could have ever imagined if there was ever a time i have felt to pray for our leaders for the leaders of our world the leaders of our nation our cities and our states, the, our pastors, those of you who own businesses, and you are a leader of your home today, I'm speaking to you. I pray for you earnestly every day because I see the impossible task of making decisions. I see you as this Pharaoh who, who wants the best interest for his people and, and he just doesn't have the answers and he's seeking for an answer of peace today. He's seeking for 
a hope today to say, what do I do if I decide on this, then this group is upset. If, and if I decide on this, then this group is upset. And I just, I really don't know what to do. And our, our leaders are stricken with the impossible task of trying to please the masses and, and please their, their fellow followers and, and, and please everyone out there. And I pray for you today and pray that God would give you strength. But you look around and there is so much uncertainty in our world. And as much as we hate talking about it and addressing it, I'm so tired of hearing the negative talk. I'm so tired of drama. I'm tired of of hearing the word COVID-19 and coronavirus. And some of you maybe are living with it and you've already felt that sickness and and you've already uh, tested positive for that. And I, I, I know it's where we're living at today. And that's why I refuse to hide behind a rock and close my eyes and ignore it. I understand it's very real. I understand that people are facing that today. But I also understand that there's a God who is still in control. As I said Wednesday night, a God who knows what he is doing. I know that we're tired of talking about it, but but I can't cower away from it today because I want to address where we are and I want to speak to where we are living at today. This young man, Joseph, From the very youth of his age, the Bible said his father loved him so much. He he, he played favorites with him just a little bit because he was, as the Bible said, the son of his old age. He he had him when he was much older and, and he poured his love on him and he got him a coat of many colors. And the Bible says that because of this love that his brothers began to get jealous towards him and, and began getting frustrated with him. And it was not because he was handsome. It was not because he was special or, or anything like that. But the Bible says that they were jealous because of the father's love towards him. It wasn't just about him, it was about the Father's love towards them. Have you ever been around someone and you don't know what it is, but but you're a child of God and you're living right, but you walk into a room and there's somebody there that just immediately, you hadn't even talked to them, they don't even really know you, but there's something that just collides and, and, and something's rubbed the wrong way and it's because there is something in them that is stirred up because they understand that you've got the love of God upon your life. The love of the Father is on you and, and, and there's something in them. They, they can't help it. They're not bad people. They're not evil. That They're not devils that are out there. They're just jealous because you've got the favor of God upon your life. The Bible says that they hated him for his dreams. And then it says they hated him for his very words. Everything he said, they despised him. Everything that he spoke, they despised him. But you know what the Bible says? It says he dreamed yet another dream. He didn't let the negativity stop him from dreaming. He didn't let their jealousy and what they felt about him stop him from fulfilling his purpose and his giftings that God had given to him. And these God-given dreams that were placed upon him. He said, I'm going to keep on dreaming. But the Bible says that they conspired to slay him. And the eldest brother stood up and said, we cannot do that for his blood would be upon our hands. And so he said, what if we just throw him into a pit? 
And so they cast their brother into a pit and they, they rip his clothes apart and they take it to the father and, and they've poured animal blood all over it. And they, they tell the father, surely your son is, is dead. The animals have gotten to him. But then in, in all of this, they say, you know what, let's, let's pull him out of the pit because he's just going to waste there. Let's get something for him. And so they sell him as a slave for 20 pieces of silver. And the Bible says, and they brought Joseph into Egypt. Verse 2 of chapter 39 says, and the Lord, and the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. You're looking at somebody who's been in a pit, somebody who's been hated by his brothers, somebody who, who has been despised. And the Bible said that the Lord was with him, and he was a prosperous man. It says, and his master saw that the Lord was with him. The Lord made all that he did to prosper. What are you saying? I'm saying when you continue to do what you know is right, and you continue to pray and you continue to be steadfast even in a pit even when you've been despised but God is with you and he's causing everything you do to prosper he's causing everything you do to just turn out all right because he is with you when you live that kind of life other people are going to look and they're going to take notice and they're going to say on your job I love this man everything he does it just works out. God's favor must be upon him. And your masters begin to oversee you and say, you know what? I've been watching and I've been taking notice of everything you're doing. Everything you're doing is going out great. Now I want to elevate you to a place where you're going to be overseer of my house. And the Bible says that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. But God was giving him favor in an unfamiliar place. God had taken him from his home and brought him into a new place. And though he had to go through turmoil and trial and hatred from his brothers, God said, hold on, just keep doing what you're doing. Keep remaining faithful. Keep working hard. Keep praying. And not only am I going to bless you, but I'm going to bless the house of the person that you're at. May it be said of us children of God, that every place that we walk, every place of business, every restaurant, that the moment we walk in, that there would be people that would take notice of the favor of God that is upon our lives. May they notice there's something different about the way that we walk and about the way that we talk. And we not walk around acting like we've been in a pit and acted like we've been betrayed and hated, but we walk boldly because because God is with us. Sure, we've had trials. Sure, we've had tribulation. Sure, we've had trouble. But we can walk today knowing that God is with us. And God is on our side. And not only our lives are blessed, but other people's lives are blessed because of us. Because God is with us. The Bible says He was well favored. It's one thing to be favored by God. But I pray today, God, let me be well favored. 
then we, we come upon Potiphar's house and, and we see that Potiphar's wife, the Bible said, set her eyes upon him. And when we tell this story and we preach this story, we tell it so quickly and we make it seem like it was this easy task and, and, and we're so proud of him and we applaud him as we should for resisting the temptation. But so often we tell it as if it all unfolded in one moment, in one instant of time. That Potiphar's wife came in and there Joseph was and she set her eyes on him and, and reached out to him and, and, and he shrugged it off and he stood his ground and he said, no, I'm, I'm not doing that. I, I'm not going that way. But the Bible doesn't say that. It says day by day. He was called upon by Potiphar's wife. Day by day, he had that pull and that tug to go the opposite direction. And it's easy to stand firm on day one. It's easy to stand firm on day one of quarantine and day one of all of this craziness and say, we can do this. We can make it. We can get through all of this with everything all right because I've been elevated from a pit into a place in Potiphar's house. I, I, I can I can deal with with this today, but what about day by day when it's day 30 and day 40 and day 50 and that pool keeps on tugging at you? Come on, come on. Nobody's going to notice. Nobody else is here to see you. Nobody's here in the palace. Nobody's here in my home. Nobody can see but me and you. Nobody knows what we're doing. Nobody knows what we're about to take part in day after day, that pool and that tug that he was Facing. I wonder how many of you have felt that same pull over the last few weeks and months that said, Oh, come on, you're, you're at home. Nobody knows what you're doing. Nobody's going to know what state you're in right now because nobody's been to church. Nobody's been there to see what you're going through. Pastor hasn't been able to keep tabs on you every day to know what you're doing. And day one, it's easy to stand. After Sunday service, it's easy on Monday to say, No, I'm not doing that. No, I'm not going that way way. No, I'm going to fight this fight and I'm going to come out victorious. But what about the day-to-day grind and the day-to-day pull that says, come on, just give in. Just let go. Give in to the ways of the world. Give in to what I'm calling you to do. Give in to this wicked ways. But the Bible says that he still refused. He stood his ground and fought for what is right. He said, I'm not going that way. I'm not doing that. Not only because I love... Not not only because I love my master, but because I love God. And it would be a sin against him today for me to do that. And I refuse to go down that path. But then one day, the Bible says he was doing his business. He was doing what he was supposed to be doing. He got caught in that snare of that woman. And she tore his clothes from him and she had it in her hands. But the Bible says again he fled. Again he walked away. Again he he left that situation and said, I refuse to be tied to that and a part of that. I may have left part of myself with it. it. She may have my garment today. But I'm not going that direction. I'm not walking that way today. But you know the story. She goes... And she cries out to her husband and tells of all that Joseph had done. That Hebrew has come to mock me. And so he was thrown in the prison. Verse 21 says, but the Lord again was with Joseph and gave him favor 
in the prison. Keep doing what is right for God. And God will keep doing what is right for you. Even when you're in your prison. Even when others have lied about you. And put you in a bad place. And locked you up with keys. And told you to get down into that dungeon. That pit. That prison. And they said I want you to stay here. I, I'm going to lock you up. And, and take away your freedom from you. But even then the Bible says. God was with him. God was with him and gave him favor in the prison. Favor in a place where you should be tormented. Favor in a place where you shouldn't have life going your way. But when God is with you and he sees that you've kept doing right and he sees that you've been a man of integrity and he sees that you've been a man of prayer and he sees that God has been with you this whole time and you've trusted him, then God is going to do what is right for you and he's going to take care of you whatever season you find yourself in today. The Bible says that the Lord was with him and that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. I wish it could be said of us that everything we did, everything we strove to do and accomplish for the kingdom of God, for his cause, everything we did prospered. The Bible says that this baker and butler came in into this prison. And Joseph is then used to interpret their dreams. The, the butler ends up getting out. But the Bible says. He did not remember Joseph. Joseph tells him what his dream's gonna ha- what's going to happen with his dream. And, and one of them goes out. And, and everything happens just like he said. And, and then here comes the other. And it happens just like he said. But the butler forgot him. You hear me today. I, I want to remind somebody today that you, you feel forgotten. But be encouraged that you still have favor. Because I would rather have favor and be forgotten than be remembered and not have favor. I want the favor of God more than I want anything else. I want the favor of God more than I want to be remembered. I want the favor of God more than I want to be free. I want the favor of God more than I want to be in the Pharaoh's house. I want the favor of God upon my life. If it means I've got to spend an eternity in a prison or in a pit then so be it I want the favor of God upon my life and the butler may have forgotten about you and the preacher may have forgotten about you perhaps you hadn't gotten a phone call in a few days like you thought you needed from a friend and you're thinking that they've forgotten about you that's alright just keep walking just keep trusting keep walking in the favor of God In your life. Genesis 41 it says that Pharaoh's dreams. This dream of seven healthy cattle that come onto the scene. And they're there by the meadow and they're eating. And and then there's seven ill and skinny cattle that come onto the scene. And he watches as the skinny cattle devour the healthy cattle. And then he dreams another dream of of seven ears of corn that were full and good. And and then seven skinny and, and ill rise up and they devour the healthy. 
And he called for all of the magicians. And the Bible says that he called for all of the wise men. And he said, I'm having trouble in this time. I'm so confused by the world that I'm living in. And I I don't know what all of this means. And and I need an answer today. I'm searching. I'm, I'm calling anybody I can because I'm desperate. I'm reaching out to anybody that I can because I'm desperate for an answer. But the Bible says there was none that could interpret his dreams. Then the butler says, I remember there was a young man in the prison with us. You see, he was able to remember because even in the prison... Joseph continued to obey those nudges. He continued to obey God. He continued to allow himself to be used by God that opened a window of opportunity. And though he felt like that closed when he was forgotten by the butler, that moment came where the butler said, I'm reminded now, forgive me for not saying it sooner, but I'm reminded now there was a young man in the prison with me. And he not only told me of my dream of what it meant but everything happened to the baker and myself just like he said it would all of the sudden without Joseph even knowing it at the time that little window of hope has now been swung wide open and it is a massive window of hope because of his faithfulness because he obeyed and was led by God and was sensitive even in that prison and now was an opportunity opportunity for him to be used. So they bring Joseph and he humbly comes in and, and hears the words of, of, of Pharaoh and, and he hears of the dreams. And Pharaoh says, I've heard that you can tell me the dreams and what they mean. And he answers, oh, it's, it's not in me. It's not anything I have to say. It's not in me, but God. But God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. God is going to come and he's going to speak to your dreams. He's going to speak about what you saw. He's going to tell you about what is to come. So Joseph, after hearing Pharaoh's dreams, he says, God has shown you what he is about to do. Verse 29 says, behold, there come seven great years of plenty throughout all the lands of Egypt. And then after that, there will be seven years of famine and the land will be forgotten. And the famine shall consume the land. God gave you this dream twice to ensure that you understand. God will shortly bring it to pass. In this moment, he is speaking to what Pharaoh has dreamed. He began to speak and he began to tell him of what that interpretation was of that dream. But here comes that answer of peace. Because if Pharaoh just simply heard that there would be years of good and plenty, and then there would be seven years of famine and the land would be desolate, that would not put Pharaoh's mind at ease. That would not be the answer he was searching for. That would not be the resolve that he was hoping to get that day. But then all of a sudden Joseph begins to speak some things out of his mouth, being led by the Holy Ghost, being 
led by God that had nothing to do with the dreams that Pharaoh had dreams. But he says, now let Pharaoh find someone who is discreet and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. Their job will be to collect all of the food in the good years and stockpile it under Pharaoh's authority, storing it in the towns for food. This grain will be held back to be used during the seven years of famine that are coming so that the land perish not. And the Bible says that Pharaoh thought this was a wonderful idea. And he looks around and he says, I can't think of anyone better for the job. I can't think of anyone more discreet and wise than you, young man. But beyond this, he said, can we find such a one as this is? A man in whom the Spirit of God is. Because I'm not just looking for a way to to, to manipulate this and make it work for my benefit. I'm trying to think about what's best for everybody. And the wise men couldn't help me. And the magicians couldn't help me. But in walks this young man, this Hebrew boy that has come in with the favor of God. And not only did he speak to me of my dreams, he came with wisdom and understanding of the troubling hour that is before us. And he said, I'm not only going to tell you about your dreams, but I've come to give you an answer of peace today. There is a way out of this. There is a way of escape from the trouble you're facing today. This virus that you're looking at today, the world and the the confusion and the chaos, there's an answer of peace today. And I've come to tell you, I've got a plan. I've got a plan and it's a God-given plan. I know that it's going to work. And so he begins to instruct it. And Pharaoh said, that's it. There's no one else but you. You're the one that I want today. And the Bible says in those seven plenteous years that the earth was bringing forth handfuls. And he gathered up all the food of the seven years and laid up the food in the cities. The food of the field which was round about every city laid he up in the same. And Joseph gathered the corn as the sand of the sea, which were very much. And he was numbering and counting and trying to keep tabs on it. But he left numbering, the Bible says, for it was without number. They had pulled in so much. They had brought in so much that he quit counting and said, oh, it's going to be plenty. It's going to be more than enough. But just keep pulling it in. Keep storing it up because there's a day coming that people... People are going to need it. You hear me today, Greater Life Church, or anyone else watching today, now is your opportunity to start pulling that harvest in. Start pulling as much in as you can. Now is not the time to lie back and complain and moan and cry, but it's time to arise out of your sleep, off the couch, off your chair, and say, God, this is my day. This is my opportunity to step out and be led by the Holy Ghost and to bring in as much as I can right now because as bad and ugly as it is it's probably going to get worse before it gets better but I'm not fearful today because God is with me God has given me this plan God has given me this opportunity and I'm going to walk in the same favor that I had in the pit I'm going to walk in the same favor that I had in the prison I'm going to walk in the same favor 
that helped get me through 2019. That's the favor I'm going to walk in today in 2020. It's the favor of God. I'm going to pull it in so much I can't even number it. The Bible says in this moment before the famine occurred, Joseph had two sons. The first, Manasseh. He said, for God hath made me forget all of my toil and all of my father's house. Because I've been focused on favor. Because I've been focused on what he's led me to do and accomplish. Somehow through it all, he's let me forget all of those things. He's let me forget the hurt that I felt from my brothers. He's let me forget what it was like being in a pit. He's let me forget what it was like being in a prison. God has made me forget all of those things. Not because they didn't happen. They very much happened. But God led me to forget and get my focus back on what really matters. The second one he named Ephraim. For God hath caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. When I should have had things dying and when things should have been decaying and rotting away in affliction, God allowed me to be fruitful. God made me to prosper in my prison. He made me an opportunity to have favor in my famine. God opened doors that I never thought could be opened. That's the favor of God. But then the Bible says those seven good years, they ended. And the seven years of dearth began to come. According as Joseph had said, and the dearth was in all the lands. It had spread beyond Egypt. And all of the lands were in the same boat. Everybody was experiencing the same thing, the same frustrations, the same heartache. Verse 56 says, and the famine was over all of the face of the earth. And that would be a good time to get really discouraged for some people. Because we've been there and we've seen it. We've seen the grocery stores emptied at times. We've seen trouble on the streets and, and the schools closing down and businesses closing down. And, and things of uncertainty taking place. And it would be easy to be upset. But the Bible says, and Joseph opened all the storehouses. He began to open them up and say, don't you fret. Don't you worry. Because we've been saving up for a time like this. God has poured out on his church for such a time as this. God has prepared his people for such a time as this. I know out there it looks bad. I know where you've been working looks bad. But there is a storehouse beginning to open up. And God is saying, oh no, I gave you a plan and a purpose for a reason. And now people are going to start coming to you when they need help, when they are broken and need a blessing, they're going to come to you and know where they can find it. All of the storehouses are opening up right now. And I'm about to feed some people. I found it amazing several weeks ago when groceries were scarce and it was hard to come by rice and it was hard to find chicken and ground beef and People were worried and will we have enough groceries to make it? And you heard the news and you heard the, the people talking about how there was a shortage and, and, and people began to panic and buy everything they could. They were eating things they've never eaten in their life because they didn't want to go hungry. And you hear me, I was so excited when you would get online and see somebody said, hey, 
I just left Costco and they have ground beef. Hey, I was just at HEB and they've got everything you're looking for. Head over there. Hey, I, I just saw the store down the road just stockpiled and, and they've, they've got groceries again today. And they said another truck is coming tonight at 10 o'clock and people began to share the good news. They began to share the word because what they were looking for, they knew where it was and they wanted to tell other people where they could find it. You hear me, Greater Life Church? God has prepared us and He has put into us the things that this world is going to need. Not just what they need today, but what they are going to need for the famine that could potentially come and stricken our land. I'm not just talking about physical. I'm talking about spiritual today. There's going to be people outside of here that's saying, oh, I don't know if my marriage is going to make it. I don't know if my children are going to make it. I don't know what's going to happen to my, my job. I don't know. And you're saying, hey, I know where you can find a blessing. I know where you can find help. You need to go to Greater Life Church and Webster, Texas. You need to get in your car. You need to come to church with me Sunday morning and sit beside me in the pew and let me teach you a Bible study and let's baptize you in Jesus' name and you get on there and say, hey, I I saw what you're looking for. I've heard about what you need and I I heard that it's over at Greater Life Church. I heard that they're having Bible studies in homes. I've heard they've had prayer meetings in homes. I've heard that God has been moving and that's a place that you ought to be. The Bible says in verse 57, when all of the chaos was going on and the famine was horrible all over the earth, it said in verse 57, and all countries came into Egypt to Joseph for to buy corn because the famine was sore in all the land. What are you saying? I'm saying they were coming from all over. They were coming from places Joseph never would have expected. But they grew hungry. They got to the place where they couldn't find what they were looking for anywhere else. But somebody said, there's a young man in Egypt who God gave favor to and wisdom to in this troubling time. It's an answer for peace. It's an answer in troubling times that you've been looking for. And they've stockpiled enough for you and for your family and for your children. Tell everybody there's a place in Egypt that's got what you need. There's a young man there who stockpiled and stored up in himself everything you're going to need and they're fixing to come to you. My plead with you this morning is get the storehouses ready. Make your home a place people can come to, to be healed, to be prayed over, to see marriages restored. Let your home be a place people could come and pour their heart out to you and you can pour back into them because you've been stockpiling, not because you've been greedy, not because you've been selfish, but it's a God-given plan. It's a God-given purpose in this pandemic to say, hey, I've got the hope that you're looking for that answer of peace you've been looking for I know what it is I've got it inside of me I've got a hope that's beyond this world I've got a hope that is in God and he knows right where we're at he knows right where we're going through that's how I was able to prosper in a prison that's how I was able to find favor in famine is because God is with me 
God is with me. God is in this place. And that's what we ought to start shouting everywhere we go. I know where God is. I know where He's at. I know where you can find what you're looking for. I know where you can find that healing touch. I know where you can find that breakthrough. I know where you can find that blessing. The Bible says in Mark 2, And again He entered into Capernaum after some days. And it was noise that he was in the house. People had gotten online and started saying, Hey, I I know where Jesus is at. I know where God is at. I know where you can find it. And the Bible says in straightway, Many were gathered together in so much that there was no room to receive them. Not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. I pray there would come a day where we... We don't have enough chairs. We don't have enough standing room in this place. We don't have enough room in our home for the Bible studies that we're teaching. And that's what God is calling you to do. When people start hearing about where he's at, that's going to be the place that they want to be. John 12 and 12 says, On the next day, much people that were come after the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming, there were so many that showed up when they heard Jesus was coming if Jesus isn't here let the place stay empty but when God is here and I know that he is let them come from all over let them come from every tribe every nation every country to this place let them come hungry and desperate for God God today I pray you would help me God help me to be an answer of peace To a world that is in a desperate time. For people who do not know what to do. God and they have come as Pharaoh. They see what's unfolding. And they've seen a dream. But they don't know it. They don't know what they are looking for. God let me be a Joseph that is sensitive enough to you. God that I could speak to where they are at. God and not just give them. God a false hope. God, not just a pat on the back that says, oh, you're going to make it. But God, let me begin to speak with the wisdom, God, that you have given me. God, let me be the one that you use as a conduit. God, as a message of peace. God, that I could speak to them into their situation and that you would speak through me. Oh God, to right where they are living. God, and that they would be encouraged today. That they would see that there is peace in the midst of the storm. God, but I can't do that if I'm distracted. God, I can't be that conduit, Lord, if I've allowed over this time, God, to get in that pit and get get frustrated and upset about my brothers who have hurt me. God, I can't do that, Lord, if every time I start getting pulled by Potiphar's wife, every time I start getting a pull from the world and, and, and just saying, come on, don't do that. God, if I'm distracted, if I'm giving in to those things, if I'm staying at home and I'm content not coming to church and I'm content not praying and I'm content not storing up, God, then I'm going to fail this hour miserably. God, but you have purposed in every child of God to store up 
right now in this season because people are about to come hungry. God, and if I am sleeping in this hour and I'm distracted in this season and I'm not seeing clearly enough to not only tell them the dream but give them an answer of peace, God, then I am missing my mark. God, so today, Lord, I pray every home, God, would find an altar. I pray every home would get off the couch. God, wherever they're at, and they would kneel down before you, finding a place of prayer and saying, Oh, God, forgive me for growing bitter, Lord, in my pit. Forgive me, God, for giving in to that pull and tug. Forgive me, Lord, for getting in the prison, God, and being so angry, God, that things didn't go the way that I thought they would go. God, I need you to forgive me today. God, help me, Lord. God, to prosper wherever I'm at. God, help me, Lord, to find favor wherever I'm at. God, but I know today that's not going to happen if you're not with me. Your word says that you were with Joseph in the pit. You were with Joseph in the prison. You were with Joseph in Pharaoh's house and in Potiphar's house. God, I pray today that you would be in my home. I pray today that you would be in me. God, not just to elevate me. God, to a place where others can come. But when they come to me, I say it's not in me. But God shall give you an answer of peace. God shall speak to your season. God will speak to where you are at today. God, give us that answer of peace today. God, give us that answer of peace today. That even in the pit, even in the prison, God, I can rest in that peace. I can know, oh God, that you've already got a plan set in motion. God, and you're going to use us. God, you're going to use this church. You're going to use my home. You're going to use my family as a place that people can come. I pray that every home of every member of Greater Life Church family would become a storehouse. I pray every one of them would become a place where somebody can come when they're hungry, when somebody can come when they're desperate, when someone can come when they're in need. God, let us be ready so when famine strikes the land, God, as Joseph, we could begin opening up all of these storehouses. God, let them be opened in Deer Park. Let them be opened up in Pasadena and Laporte. Let them be opened up in Cove. Let them be opened up in Dickinson. Let them be opened up in Friendswood and in Webster. God, let them be opened up all over our community. Let them be opened up in Houston, oh God, and in Texas. God, let your church rise in this hour. God, and get ready for the revival that is just before us. Hata bo koriata bahaya.
God, get me ready, Lord. Get me ready, Lord, for that revival that is coming. God, today I stand on your word. God, I know that you have given me this word today to share. God, and I know there is no person in a pew here today. God, but they are in the storehouse that you have brought them to. God, they are in the place that they are at for a reason. God, and I pray, God, that every home would become a storehouse beyond the four walls of this storehouse and this church. God, that every home become a house of worship, that every home become a place where Bible studies are taught and people could be fed today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, today, one more time before we dismiss this service, God, I pray in every home and every heart that you would minister God in a mighty way. God, let them feel this same burden and passion as I feel in my spirit right now. God, let them be burdened like never before. God, that even in troubling times, God, you will not forsake us. You will not leave us. But God, you're fixing to begin elevating us to a place where you can use us the way that you intended from the very beginning when you first called us, when you first loved us. God, today, God, walk into my home. Walk into the home of every elder, every young person, every child. Be with them, Lord. Grant us favor. God, give us purpose and passion again. And let all that we do prosper. In the mighty name of Jesus, we declare this to be so. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. And it is so. Praise God. I love you, church family. I thank you for being with us today. Pray that you have a great rest of your day, a great week. We love you. Remember to tune in again Wednesday night at 7 p.m. God bless you. Have a great day.